This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Welcome to the Covert Nerd Podcast. Thank you for listening. It means a lot that you take the time out of your day to hear what I have to say. Today's episode is from our live event that we did at the last Starfighters Entertainment Group on Facebook. I'll include a link in the show notes so you can see this segment and other segments. They were great. It was a fun time. So it is a little different because it is a live event, but uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Also wanted to mention our sponsor, Rainbow Comics and Cards. You can find them at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. I'll include a link in the show notes, and you can go to covertnerd.net and get more links for this episode and past episodes. I really appreciate every single listener that I have. Without further ado, let's dive right in and nerd it up with Eddie. Got the choose your own adventure idea because I don't know if you read these when you were a kid, Eddie. Lee, don't get me started. I loved these books as a kid, which I think you did too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love these when you're, I think I was probably eight or seven when they came out and started reading them from the library at school yep. and just loved them. So we're going to read one together and the viewers, listeners can decide where we want to go. I always liked Edward Packard, the his that he wrote and yep. the, the iconic art. But this one, Who Killed Harlow Thrombe is a good whodunit. And Ooh. if you've read the, or not read the, watch the movie Knives Out, this yeah. is very loosely based on that, this book. Oh, nice. Yeah, very loosely. Because the, oh, go ahead. This is the covert nerd oh. experience. Because <laughs> This the, is what we're getting. Yeah, the similarities are the the guy that gets killed in the movie is Harlan Thrombe. This one's Harlow Thrombe. He's a rich guy. Family come over. Somebody dies. So the the very loose premise is based on this book. So we'll all read. We'll probably take turns. So maybe I'll start and then Eddie can do the next page. We'll kind of take turns and then you, the viewer, get to decide if we succeed or if we fail and die a, a burning death. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's the best kind of death in this book. It is. It is. But it's very 80s and you can kind of see. I'll say I'll start. So it's been just a year since the robber climbed into your Aunt Miranda's bedroom window at two in the morning. Get out, she screamed at him, and that's just what he did, taking her pearl necklace with him. The next day, you found a beer bottle in the bushes outside Aunt Miranda's house. Since she isn't the sort to toss beer bottles out the window, you hand it over to the police. The robber's fingerprints were on the bottle, and the police quickly identified him, and now he's safely behind bars. Since then, you've gotten quite a reputation as a detective. You've equipped yourself with a magnifying glass, fingerprint kit, and a cassette recorder, and you're ready for business. Isn't that so 1982? I love it. <laughs> I got the cassette recorder. I'm ready. Yes. So some, of your, world. some of your friends have decided to become detectives too. That's okay. They're just a bunch of amateurs, except maybe that frizzy-haired girl down the street, Jenny Mudge. She's Ooh. definitely smart. In fact, sometimes you think she's smarter than you. Now, Jenny looks, what? Jenny Mudge, M-U-D-G-E. Oh. Now it looks like you've got your first big case. Harlow Thrombe, president of Thrombe Plastics Company, has called and asked you to come to his house at 5 o'clock this afternoon. I hear you have sharp eyes, he says. 
and that's what I need right now. I think my life is in danger. <gasps> so here's the choices at the bottom. Get ready to decide. You asked Thrombe what he was afraid of, but he didn't want to talk on the phone. So you said you'd think about it and call him back. It was exciting to get a call from Harlow Thrombe. Maybe you should find out more about him before you take the case. Ooh, so our options. Idea. If you phone Thrombe and accept his invitation, turn to page five. If you tell him that you can't come this afternoon, but you'll call him back in a day or so, turn to page 17. So I guess oh. I didn't clarify. For those of you that don't know, it's simply a you get to decide kind of where the story is going to go. And they give you options and you just turn the page. And this was what we had before computer games in the 80s. So the option is if you thrown or thrown if you phone Thrombe and accept his invitation, turn to page five. If you tell him that you can't come this afternoon, but you'll call him back in a day or so, turn to page seventeen. All right, so we'll wait. Let's just wait a second or two, and if we don't get enough comments, then we'll just be the ones to pick. Eddie will make the executive order. And we already we already have two choices. For, one is accept the invite. And Kim Garrison says option A, and I think that's the same. So let's see. So option A, that would be page five. So that's right next to it. I'll, I'll read this one, Eddie, while you kind of get caught up. And then I'm ready when you are. So. Oh, okay. What well, do you want to read page five? I, I can read it if you're cool with it. Okay, go ahead. Here we go. So we've chosen to accept the invitation. Here we go. You knock on Thrombe's door exactly at five. A stout balding man opens it his eyes suspiciously oh his eye he eyes you sorry suspiciously before nervously shaking your hand i'm harlow thrombe he says before we go inside i'll show you around the place the two of you stroll across the lawn past scores of flowering shrubs and trees ahead of you is a large greenhouse the greenest of houses it's my wife, Jane, Thrombe says. I do everything to make her happy. Expensive cars, trips around the world. She even has two pianos, a concert grand for herself and a smaller one for guests. He stops in his tracks and turns toward you, a dark look on his face, the darkest of looks. <laughs> the truth is, I think she would rather have me dead. Dun, dun, dun. I can... I'll read the next page while you do that. What makes you think that? Thrombe pauses again before replying. She told me. A few steps further, reaching the greenhouse, you watch curiously as Thrombe rattles the door and then turns toward you again. I wanted to make sure it was locked for the night, he says. Jenkins, our gardener, keeps arsenic there for spraying the trees. The poor fellow's laid up in the hospital. Maybe your wife just lost her temper, you suggest? I'd like to think so, Thrombe says, shaking his head. Maybe you'll be able to judge when you meet her. She's playing in the concert this afternoon and should be back by six. You are all you are walking back to the front entrance to the house. Thrombe points at the bright red sports car pulling up to a stop. A trim bearded man gets out and starts following you. That's Dr. Robert Lipscomb, Thrombe says. He's coming for dinner tonight along with my nephew Chartwell. I love the names Robert Lipscomb and Chartwell. Chartwell. <laughs> there we go. That's better. Chartwell. You know you were beaten up as a boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then his niece, Angela. 
So you have Lipscomb, Chartwell, and Angela. I love this. And Ange- Angela, Samantha, Mona. <laughs> Sorry. That's my who's the boss. If I hear Angela, I can't help it. Yeah. They can't, yeah. Angela. I, Angela and Robert are planning to marry. I want to get to know Robert better, so I ask him to come early and play a few games of pool. Do you want to join us, or would you rather take a look around the place? There's no one here but Helga, our cook. So we have Helga, Chartwell, and Lipscomb. <laughs> that is amazing. So here's our here's our choices again. If you decide to look around, go to page eight. If you decide to play pool with Harlow Thrombe and Dr. Lipscomb, turn to page 12. So look around or play pool. This is a fun way to do this, by the way. Yes, I think it's like kinda... choose your own adventure is just guaranteed to be a fun time. Like I, you know, there's times you you die quicker than you wanted to. Yeah, you did. Which, isn't that life? Well, <laughs> but you know, if you were like me or like most people, they just kind of keep a thumb where you're at, and you're like, ah, okay, I'm gonna go to yeah. the next one. Like ah, if I die on this one, I'll probably uh, I'll probably wait and see what happens here. I picked up several of these just a little while ago just to I think it was more of a nostalgia purchase than anything exactly <laughs> but there were several like this like Endless Quest and Wizards yes. Warriors Wizards Warriors and you they're a little more more novelish these are very yep. sure you can tell these are geared towards eight-year-olds <laughs> exactly so. and I'm with you I'm out I'm now fully borrowed so okay. good to go all right so so we have one uh one so far play pool take his money and then <laughs> oh and one says, look around Amanda says look around oh, so we're split let's wait to see if we have a tiebreaker because you don't want to Jesse says we should take his money <laughs> take the rich guy's money <laughs> yeah I love these are just so dipped in 80s twice oh they really are dipped in the 80s chocolate but it, these are fun like i said these were before you had video games so these were kind of your how you you, this, you got to control what was going oh, on a little bit we got two look around and one oh. play pool so we're gonna okay. look around all right so we're going to page eight so this is all all text mainly here but so you want me to I'll, i can take this one if yeah, you like you take this one i'll take the next here one here we go page eight You walk through the rear hall and into the pantry where you hear voices coming from the kitchen. A woman and a young girl are talking. Do you really think Mr. Thromby's life is in danger? The girl asks. I don't know, the woman replies, but I've seen his niece, Angela, (laughs) snooping through his papers and his nephew, Chartwell, (laughs) prowling about the grounds. Stepping around the corner, you meet a tiny blonde-haired woman wearing a white blouse. The one and only Kim Garrison of Star Starlight Studio. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jenny Mudge. Kim no. Garrison. Standing next to her, much to your surprise, is Jenny Mudge. Hi, what are you doing here, says Jenny. Mr. Thromby asked me over, you reply. What are you doing here? Oh, have you met Helga, Jenny says. I'm in her cooking class at the Y. Does it get more 80s? Does it get more 80s? (laughs) No. Um, uh, And I invited myself over to see her kitchen and learn how to make myself, to make my favorite chocolate cake. Notice how she says I invited myself over. Yeah. Can you do that? (laughs) I I guess if you're Jenny Mudge, you can. I guess Mudge is going to do what Mudge is going to do. That's right. Like, hey, why are you in my house? I invited myself over. Okay, that's cool. Uh, As you introduce yourself to Helga, Jenny glances at her watch. 
My gosh, it's six o'clock. I have to get home. Thanks, Helga, for uh, <laughs> she hur- for letting me in. She hurries out the back door. See you later, she calls over her shoulder. You wonder whether Jenny came to learn cooking or to do detective work. Walking back toward the game room, you find Harlow Thromby standing in the hall, a puzzled look on his face. I ended up playing pool alone, he says. Robert said he had to make some phone calls in the library. Yeah, we would have, you know, we we couldn't be bothered to play with him. No. <laughs> but he's not there now. As Thromby is speaking, the front door opens and Robert walks in. Behind him is well, hold on. Behind him is Thromby's tall, stoop-shouldered nephew. I've never heard that phrase. <laughs> Chartwell. I noticed Chartwell's car in the driveway, Robert explains, but he didn't come in, so I went out to meet him. Chartwell gives Robert a curious look and then shakes your hand as Thromby introduces you. Turn to page 10. Okay. So this, this is going. We're not dead yet. No, nope, we're still alive. <laughs> um, oh, here we go. You we want this l- one? Got a little illustration here. So yeah. Got a little, got a little picture? This yep. is your, yeah, you go for it. All right. Thrombe shows Robert Chartwell and you into the library just as the grandfather clock on the hall strikes six. Glancing out the window, you see a white Cadillac pulling up the drive. That's Jane, Thrombe says, back from her concert. I don't know how you'd say, what's a good Thrombe voice? Is it like a defeated? That's Jane. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he thinks he's going to get, he thinks his wife wants to kill him. Yeah, so I think so. he's very much like. Okay. Like a, a oh, defeated. Uh. Yeah. Uh, a few moments later, a large round faced woman enters the, la- the library. So pleased to meet you, Jane says, shaking your hand. I've heard a lot about you. Will you be joining us for dinner? See, I don't understand. How does she know about him? He's never solved a case or anything, but somehow she right. knows. I, anyway. You're just open for business. Plot hole, I guess. <laughs> Thrombe's wife is surprisingly friendly. It's hard to see why he should be afraid of her. Maybe he just imagines his life is in danger. You don't want to sit through a boring dinner, especially since there's a very good movie you'd like to catch at home on TV. (laughs) It must be the Friday night special or I I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to miss my shows. My stories are on. (laughs) Right. You glance at Harlow Thrombe. Do stay if you like, he says. So choice. If you accept the invitation for dinner, go to page 13. If you tell Thrombe you can't stay, but you'll talk to him tomorrow... Turn to page 17. So stay for dinner or duck out, go watch your TV show and call him tomorrow. Do you stay for supper or do you go watch your tunes? Watch your Friday. What would you have done? Well, you know, we're letting our viewers decide, but what would you have done, Lee? Oh, I probably would. Hey, I'm not going to turn down free food, so. Right. I'm already here. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You're already here. So, but it I was depends like, wh- on what the show was too, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Fat boy got to eat. So we got one. <laughs> Fat boy got to eat. One, one vote. Eat the food. Eat the food. We got eat the food. I think we go Watch and eat your the food. TV show and Fat boy's got to eat. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of comments. So what, page 13? Yes. So we're going to stay right. and eat food. So 13. Here we go. You want me to read that one? Yeah, go ahead and do that one. Jane leaves to dress for dinner. When she rejoins the rest of you in the library, it's almost seven o'clock. Took her that long? What are you doing? Wow. (laughs) Does anyone know where Angela is? She asks. 
There is no response. But a moment later, the question is answered by a knock on the door. Thromby, Thromby opens it and a slender young woman steps inside. Her very light skin contrasts with her dark hair and eyes and her black velvet dress. Angela, at last you're here, Thromby says. Sorry to be late. I was at my dentist in Springdale. It's almost an hour's drive from here, said Angela. You can't find a dentist that's not an hour away? So, and she saw it. So it's seven o'clock. That means she was at the dentist at six. Right? What kind of business hour? Ah, uh, it's already suspicious. Yeah, this sounds fishy. That's all right, my dear, says Thromby. Now that you're here, I'll ask Helga to serve dinner. She wants to leave early to visit Jenkins. We got a new, who, now we got Jenkins up well, in here. Jenkins is the caricature. Car oh, yeah, yeah he's the gardener. Yeah, he had the arsenic, remember? Yes, in the hospital. Yep. In a few moments, everyone is seated around the large oak dining table. Helga brings in salad, rolls, and a platter of roast beef, which Harlow Thromby carves with a long silver knife. The roast tastes as good as it looks, which is bad. <laughs> um, but everyone seems tense and nervous, and you can hardly enjoy the meal. After dinner, Helga clears off the dishes and hurries out the door. A few minutes later, at about 8 o'clock, Thromby offers his guests brandy. Everyone but you accepts, because we're not that cool in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> and goes to the pantry, and he goes to the pantry, returning a few minutes later with five glasses on a tray. I find a glass of brandy before bed helps me sleep, said the alcoholic Thromby. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's good after dinner, too. So we'll turn to Paige. I think Thromby and Reginald need to get together. Thromby, yeah, Reginald could teach Thromby a couple things. That brandy tastes better drink out of the empty body of a merman figure. <laughs> uh, do you want to take this or let me yeah, keep going? I'll take this one. Okay. All right. Here's to good health and long life, sir, Robert says as he raises his glass, and the others join in the drinking. Then Robert Chartwell and Harlow Thrombe leave for the game room to play pool while Angela follows Jane into the music room. Thrombe asks you to join them in the game room. You'd rather play pool, but your job, after all, is to watch Jane. The music room is half filled with two grand pianos. Jane sits behind one and Angela the other, while you relax in the armchair. I'm so glad to hear you're taking piano lessons, Jane says to Angela. Would you like to play a duet with me? Oh no, you're much better. I'd rather listen to you, Angela replies. So she's sucking up to the, the in-laws. That's, that's good. I sense some tension in here, some passive aggressiveness. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, you go. You're way better than me anyway. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's all right. Jane smiles at the compliment, and she loudly strikes the first notes to Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. You listen patiently for a half an hour until about 8.30, then slip out of the room and go to the library where you spend about 20 minutes looking at Thrombe's collection of books and hunting trophies. Leaving the library, you can still hear the piano, so you walk down the hall to the game room. Chartwell and Robert are playing pool, but Harlow Thrombe is not with them. Suddenly... You hear a terrifying scream. Ah! There Rushing it is. in the hallway, you are shocked to see Harlow Thrombe lurching towards you. He falls and lies moaning on the floor. The others come running, and Robert dashes to Thrombe's side. Jane starts to cry. Angela and Chartwell stand, stand helplessly. So, see, Jane's crying, so she can't be yep. the murderer. 
<laughs> or she's crazy. Or, yeah. <laughs> you run to the library and telephone for the ambulance. It takes a few minutes to get to get the call through. You rush back to Thrombay and stare a moment at his ashen gray face, then oh. kneel down beside him. I've been poisoned, he gasps. Do you know who did it? For a moment, he struggles to get up, then falls back. Clutching at his throat, he whispers, It, it was... But those are his last words. You rush to the pantry where you find the open brandy bottle. Your watch reads 903. From the experience, you know you may be able to learn more before the police arrive than after. You must work quickly. You must, must work quickly, Batman. <laughs> so if you decide to talk to the witnesses one at a time, turn to page 19. If you decide to talk to them as a group, Turn to page 20. So talk to him one at a time or all together. There we go. Let's that's the choice. Individually or as a group. I see I'm torn on this, right? Because if you do it individually, then they won't know how to play off the other one. But as a group, nobody has time to kind of like coordinate. You know, like no. you take one person off to the side and the other people are like, hey, when he comes back, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Paul says, how come they never just leave the body and go home? <laughs> ah, he died. Let's just go. <laughs> Let's just all leave. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if somebody says like, hey, I think someone's trying to kill me. And then that dude ends up dying. Paul says, saying, so Paul's, we got to vote here. Paul says all together. And then Andrew says one at a time. Oh, <laughs> Paul says, look for the squirmer. <laughs> there yep. you go. Who looks so we, a little so we're split? We're split. We're split. 50 50. On a decision. We need, we need a tiebreaker here. Justice for Thrombe. That's a gorilla, man. <laughs> oh, that's Harambe. <laughs> yeah. Poor Harambe. So we're, know. we're split 50 50, Eddie. You might have to make an executive 50, decision. 50 50 split. Let's give it another. 15 seconds or however long it takes me to chew this jerky up. <laughs> <laughs> is that turkey jerky? This is uh, Old Trapper. Old teriyaki. Trapper. <laughs> oh, we have Kim for the tiebreaker. All, All together. together. And that's page 20? Uh, yes, page 20. And so I will take that around. sucker. Before you have time to ask any questions, Chartwell tries to take over. You know it, you know, uh, a Chartwell's going to do what a Chartwell's going to do. <laughs> My uncle and I often fought, he says angrily, but I'm going to find out who murdered him if it's the last thing I do. Okay, says the murderer. Says the guy who's trying to cloud. <laughs> Just a moment, Robert says. Let's be calm. There's no need for an investigation. All right, right out of the gate. Thromby told me who the murderer was the moment I reached him. What did he say, you ask? He was very weak. He could hardly talk, Robert replies. But I distinctly heard him say, it was Jane. She poured my last drink. Is <laughs> Charwell a black problem? Yes. Yeah. You liar, Jane shouts. Everyone begins talking at once, and it takes you a moment to quiet them down. It was also your choice to talk to everyone at the same time. Um, 
I want to know where everyone was between the time Thromby served Brandy and the time he went back to pour his last drink. Actually, Chartwell says, Robert and I never left the game room. You are interrupted by a loud knocking at the door. In a moment, police inspector... Oh, Lord. Yeah, this is Proof a good one. Proofrock. Proofrock. <laughs> Proofrock. <laughs> see these names. Hilarious. Um, uh, and two officers storm into the room. Everyone stay where you are, Proofrock shouts. Please tell me Chartwell's <laughs> last name is Proofrock. Uh, oh, I got to ask um, you, Eddie, with, with Robert here, he's a doctor. Can you imagine him interrupting and say, excuse me? It's Dr. Robert yeah, Litscombe, exactly. please. I didn't go to seven years of medical school to be called <laughs> to not Mr. Be. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so now we're going to page 34, Lee. I think such is the such is the choose your own adventure experience. You're hopping all over. You are. You don't stay in one place. So, okay. 34. A big man with a bushy red mustache. Proofrock strides around the library like a drill sergeant. Be very careful about fingerprints, he says to his men in a loud voice. And I want anything that looks suspicious sent to the lab for analysis. Yes, sir, the officer replies. Prufok asks everyone to identify himself and starts making notes in a little black book. When he learns Robert Lipscomb, Dr. Robert Lipscomb, is a physician. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He looks up with a smile. You must know a great deal about poison, doctor. See, he acknowledges he's a doctor there. Right out of the gate. Yeah. He's like, I like this guy. I do. I, Robert flushes with anger. Are you implying that I murdered Thrombe, he cries. Ignoring Robert, Prufrock says, I'm going to talk to you one at a time. And remember, anything you say may be used against you. Robert Lipscomb, come with me. Officer Schmidt will stay with the rest of you. Prufrock crosses the room and looks you in the eye. So... The great detective is here. See, again, this is his first case. How is he the great detective? Are they being sarcastic? I think they're being sarcastic. I, like, I, oh. I take that back. He did he did help solve his aunt's the the break-in, I guess, at the beginning. That's true. Okay. That one case. Still? Um, okay. <laughs> plus, by the way, his partner is named um what's his partner's name? Schmidt. Schmidt, yeah. <laughs> I want the eighties. Cop drama show, Proof Rock and Schmidt. Schmidt. Yes, <laughs> that's we have to have it. Proof Rock and Schmidt. That's like a uh, <laughs> yes. That would be awesome, actually. You can go Proof Rock yourself. <laughs> you got I Schmidt love on it. your face. I mean, we had Hardcastle and McCormick. We had what Riptide. We might as well exactly. have Proof Rock and Schmidt. <laughs> we had uh, uh, Remington Steel. Remington Steel. Now, now, now heart we got. Heart. Was it a Scarecrow and Mrs. King or whatever it was called? BJ and the Bear. <laughs> now we got Proof Rock and Schmidt. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. <laughs> Sorry right. to hijack. I just no, that's to... okay. That's okay. Let's see. Proof Rock crosses the room. Okay. He says sarcastically, you might as well go home to bed. I won't have any trouble solving this one. You smile to yourself. It's not likely this will be the case that breaks Prufrock's long string of unsolved crimes. In any event, Thrombe asks for your help, and it's your duty to figure out who murdered him. While Prufrock questions the dinner guests, you decide to look elsewhere. Decision time. If you inspect the greenhouse, remember he said that's where the arsenic is kept. So there's a hint. So mm-hmm. go to the greenhouse, or do you want to go to the hospital and talk to Jenkins, the gardener? 
Hmm. So go to the greenhouse or do we go to the hospital and talk, talk to the gardener? Greenhouse or hospital, I have my next uh, – oh, Amanda's writing her next movie. You let me know. We're going to work on this together. <laughs> she said she's writing Proof Rockin' Schmidt. <laughs> we have one hospital, one greenhouse. Let's see what we get for a tie break. If I am writing Proof Rockin' Schmidt, or if I'm helping make that happen, we have to have one of them be like he can see ghosts. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, oh we have greenhouse. Paul, Paul broke it. Greenhouse. Otherwise, yeah. we just have to come back to the dang to the house. <laughs> yeah. so, okay. Age so 33. 33. So we turn back a one great page. great illustration in there, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. There you got your magnifying glass and your little I pin love light. How our, the body that we are inhabiting in this story is that of like an eight-year-old boy. <laughs> yes. A giant Wearing head a, and a skinny little body. Exactly. Or maybe like a 12 or 13-year-old. Like okay. his head's all huge. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> you walk across the lawn, wet with the evening dew. Ooh, we're getting a little details here. When you reach the greenhouse, you are surprised to find the door wide open. You shine your pocket flashlight, which was new technology in the 80s, um, on the door frame and look at it through your magnifying glass. The wood looks as if it has been gouged by a large pair of sharp pointed shears. Inside, you walk past rows of potted plants. At the far end is a steel file cabinet. On the top shelf are bottles of insecticide and rat poison. The shelf is covered with dust, except in one small round space from which a bottle has obviously been removed. Suddenly, a voice calls. Who's there? It's proof rock. Of course, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Shining his flashlight in your eyes. Oh, it's you, he says. We phoned Jenkins at the hospital. He says there's a bottle of arsenic on the top of that cabinet. There isn't any more, you reply. Someone broke in this afternoon and took it. One thing we can be sure of then, Proofrock says, Jane Thromby didn't do it. She had her own key and wouldn't have needed to force the door open. He stands silently for a moment, apparently thinking, well, the evidence is gone. There's nothing more to do tonight. I'm going to get some, I'm going home to get some sleep. Worst cop ever. Hashtag worst <laughs> cop ever. Hashtag don't be a proof rock. <laughs> did you have, I got to ask Eddie, did you have the little pin, pin light when you were a kid? Oh gosh. That one with the little button and yeah. it looked up the pocket thing or you could like put it in your pocket yep yes <laughs> oh man i wanted one so bad i didn't i didn't get one till later but yeah you're right that was like an 80s thing like, like a pin light yes oh man and i would use that i would use that and read these in the dead of night in my room oh that's awesome okay so, so here we go if you check further for fingerprints and other clues in the greenhouse turn to page 37 or should we go back and check out the pantry? And I do think that's where they got the brandy from. So yes, there you go. We can look around that greenhouse or we can go in the pantry. Choice A or B. Let's let the viewers decide. Uh, look at, look at uh, Jesse. Proof rock is in the pudding. Uh, uh, there it is. And Paul, how did he know we were going to page 33? <laughs> exactly. Oh, we got two pantries, Paul and Kim. 
said, go to the pantry. Go to the pantry. I think we're going to the pantry. Take us to the pantry, Lee. By the time you return to the house, the dinner guests have left. Jane does not object to your looking around and searching under the refrigerator and behind the stove. Then you shine your flashlight outside. Something is glittering in the shrubbery. A minute later, you recover a bottle from the, the thick growth. The next morning, you visit Jenkins in the hospital. No doubt about it, he says. That's the arsenic bottle that was in the greenhouse. I remember the way a piece of the label was torn off. You thank Jenkins and head back to the Thrombe house. So we just jumped a bunch of time. It's evening. It's morning. It's <laughs> right. And time has no meaning in this house. Yes. And it says, like we need to, yeah, <laughs> we go to page 44. Okay. So we have a lot of selections here. So everybody oh, pay attention. We're in the deep choices now. Helga meets you at the front door and shows you into the library. Everyone else is here, she says. Inspector Proofrock, hope he got a nice night's sleep because he just took off. <laughs> he asked him to meet him in the library at 9 o'clock, but he just called and says that his alarm clock didn't go off and he'll be a little late. <laughs> so, Proofrock. Proofrock, you are the worst. <laughs> this stuff writes itself, Eddie. I think, I think Proofrock and Schmidt will be a hit. Schmidt is holding this organization together. Here's our options. We got one, two, three, four, five. Five options here. Talk to Chartwell or Robert, Angela, Helga, and the last one, if you decide to walk around the grounds and think about the case for a while. So do we think about it? Do we talk to Helga, Angela, Robert, or Chartwell? Well, we know Proofrock isn't going to figure it out because he slept in because his alarm didn't go off. <laughs> I'm going to start saying Proofrock whenever I mess things up. Like, I, <laughs> yes. I proofrocked this. I proofrocked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Proofrock. <laughs> Hashtag Proofrock it up. So we got walk around, Helga, Angela, Robert, Charles. So many choices. We got walk, wow. walk, we got, walks. We got three walking. walks, so I guess we're walking. All right, page 64. Christopher Walken. All right, here we are. Man, that must be uh, What's-Her-Nuts. That's Jenny, Jenny Mudge, yeah. Jenny Mudge. I'm a, I almost <laughs> said Jenny Fudge. <laughs> <laughs> Deciding you can probably think more clearly while taking a walk, truth, uh, than by sitting in the musty house. Now, nah, I thought it was a nice house. Now it's musty. Okay. You good for this house? No kidding. You step outside and stroll through the gardens. As you approach the greenhouse, you are surprised to see Jenny Mudge. I bet you she did it. She killed him. She did it. Jenny yep. Standing by the door, she's measuring something with a ruler. Girl, you got to get a tape measure for that. You're just you're wrong tool. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's out of her element. Totally 80s. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Give me a ruler. With a ruler. Look, she calls to you. They match. Give me some context. Yeah, Come on. No kidding. What? The marks where the door was pried open match the points of the shears Robert Lipscomb put in Chartwell's car. Still with the no, hmm. no doctor. Yeah, no doctor. Jenny starts across the lawn, headed home. She's going to drop that kind of truth nugget and then just walk just, home? Yeah, I just instead of drop the mic, drop the ruler. I'm going, <laughs> she breaks it over her leg. Um, headed home. What do you make of that? She calls over her shoulder. She's acting real aloof. You walk back toward the entrance to the house. Several cars are parked in the driveway, including Proofrocks. Chartwell lets you in. Chartwell 
Let's in the front door. But as soon as you step in, he hurries out, headed toward his car. Hmm. Okay. Go to page 85. 85. Proof Rock just decided to show up. Oh, you're finally here. You decided to grace us with your right. presence. You mean to keep going or you want to take yeah, this one? Yeah, I, I can do this one. Yeah, Proof Rock strides towards you from the direction of the library. I've solved the murder, he shouts. Through the okay. windows, you see Chartwell getting into his car. How interesting, you say. Who is it? You might have, you may have heard that the murderer poured arsenic into Thrombe's brandy bottle late in the evening. He found, we found that Chartwell broke into the greenhouse using a pair of garden shears to pry the door open. We found the shears in his car. The blade points match the marks made when the murderer pried the padlock off the greenhouse door. I wouldn't be so sure of yourself, Proofrock says. The two of you look out the window as Chartwell roars down the driveway. Whose car is that? Proofrock demands. I'm afraid it belongs to the man you want to arrest, you reply. Proofrock rushes outdoors. You follow and watch him as he races to his car, jumps behind the wheel, fumbles for his keys. <laughs> Where are the keys for this car? He yells. <laughs> the policeman. You're a mess. You're a mess. Policeman rushes from the house, holding a set of keys up in the air. You told me never to leave them in the car, sir. He calls as he runs toward the car. A moment later, they roar down the driveway, lights flashing, sirens screaming. Go to page oh, 86. Oh, boy. You shake your head in disbelief, at least as likely that the person who used the shears would toss them in Chartwell's car as that Chartwell would leave them there. Proofrock reminds you of a dog chasing a rabbit that has just run the other way. So let's go to page 89. Oh. I feel like we're getting there. Dun, dun, oh. dun. Yep. <laughs> there we go. Wow. You want me to read this? Yeah, go ahead. You return home because you missed your show. Yes. <laughs> you return home for you have for you have some work to do there before lunch. That's a weird way to phrase yeah, that. That is really, yeah. Like we're not that far away from the 80s. That's weird. By the time you get back to the Thromby house, no one seems to be at home. After ringing the bell several times, you try the door. It's unlocked. That's called pulling a pulling a mudge. A mudge. Inviting yourself, <laughs> inviting yourself over. It's unlocked, and you step inside and walk down the hall to the library. Suddenly, you feel the hard pressure of a gun to your back. Uh oh! Don't move. Don't look <laughs> around. A heavy hand on your shoulder shoves you into a chair. You dare not resist as your attacker wraps a towel tightly around your head and over your eyes and ties you to the chair. You hear papers rustling. Someone must be searching through Harlow Thromby's desk. You could probably get a hand free and rip off your blindfold, but that might be dangerous. Uh-oh. Guys, no pressure. If you're a choose-your-own-adventure rookie, right now, this is where we might die. <laughs> yes. So if you rip off the blindfold or do you sit quietly... All right, this is it. You got to... I'm, I'm guessing one of these is going to kill us. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> Blindfold. I hope it's a gun. Or just yeah, sit. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Maybe since we're running a little late, Eddie, we might want to just go ahead and pick and 
We don't want to make. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we've let people pick, so we're okay, right? We're only okay. a minute. Like we got, so, we're, we're towards the end here. I can yeah. tell you now. Yeah. So do we? We're do we, getting. I want. I kind of want to rip the blindfold off personally. But... Ooh. Okay. Let, do we so want to like give let's our rip listeners the blindfold a... off? All right. Take it off. Take it off. Okay, we got to vote. So take it off. Reaching for your blindfold, you feel a smashing pain in your head. You slowly, you are slowly waking up. Your head is pounding. A bandage covers half your scalp and one ear. You're lying somewhere. It must be the hospital. A doctor is standing next to you. We had to stitch you up a little, he says. It's not serious. You can walk out of here in the morning. He starts to leave and then turns back. Oh, they found this note next to you. He hands you an envelope from which you remove a small sheet of yellow ruled paper. It reads, drop this case or next time you'll end up in the cemetery. Nice. <laughs> in, the bus in this business, you have to take chances. Still, it might be healthier to solve this case in a hurry. Early the next morning, you walk out of the hospital into the bright sunshine thinking about Angela. Was, Angela. She, <laughs> was she the one who broke into the greenhouse, took the arsenic and poisoned the brandy? So do we investigate Angela or do you decide it might be a good idea to check in with Jenny Mudge? The mysterious and aloof, which Doug, Doug Holmes find to be a funny word. Or was that? There it is. Doug Holmes. Aloof's a funny word. Aloof is Jenny a funny Mudge. Word. Do you want so, a Jenny yeah, Mudge? We must have, yeah, do we want to, do we want to have people wait or do we want to start deciding? Let's go ahead and just go ahead and decide. All right, I say we talk to Jenny Mudge. Okay, let's go to 95. 95, well, it's, it's short. You waste no time in phoning Jenny. And then a lot of choices. Wow, <laughs> I don't, okay, this is diff different. Uh, if if you, you asked Jenny to watch, Robert turned to page 97, Chartwell turned to page 98, Jane turned to page 99, Angela turned to page 100. If you didn't ask her to watch anyone, Turn to page 96. Hmm. Let's watch. You know, we've been, we've kind of been talking to Robert and Chartwell. Let's go yeah. with Jane. Jane. The wife. Because that's the one he, he thought wanted right. her dead He's, anyway. He said, my wife wants me dead, man. Yeah. Um, I can read this if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. Nine, page 99, correct? Yep. yep. Oh, sorry. Jenny said, Jenny says, oh, I wasn't able to find out much about Jane. Her lawyer came to visit a couple of times. I guess she's pretty worried. I guess so, you reply. But with someone like Proof Rock in charge of this case, <laughs> you could be worried even if you're innocent. That's a Proof Rock burn right there. Yes. Has hashtag Proof Rock burn. So now turn to page 101. Oh uh -oh. my. There you go, sir. It's up. You're wow. up. Wow. What should you do next? And we have just a, I don't remember this many options. We're getting so. all the juice Holy out of this cow. one. This is great. If you found fingerprints on the bottle of the brandy and you want to check out the lab report, so we check out the lab report. If you found fingerprints in the greenhouse and want to check out the lab report, go there. I don't if, think you found fingerprints on anything. I don't remember that, but yeah. yeah. Well, if you decide, did. so here's all of our, our, Cast of characters, Robert, Chartwell, Angela, Jane, Jenny. Pro Boy, we're going to even interview Proofrock, Gilliam Prim. I don't, I don't think we've even talked to that guy. If you decide to sit in a quiet place and think some more. If you decide to give up on the case. <laughs> if you're <laughs> we've gone too far! Yeah, if you're absolutely sure you have the case wrapped up, turn to page 122. 
I'm gonna just wrap up the case. I, uh, you want to just wrap it up? You want you want to walk away? Let's just no. Let's. I don't want to walk away. I think I know yeah. who it is. Let's, let's do let's, it. Who, who who are we going with? Let's go to page one twenty two. That's that's what it tells us to do. Oh, I like right. how they have proof rock as a suspect. <laughs> one twenty two. Wait. You you return home and dial proof rock special number at police headquarters. Inspector proof rock. You say with satisfaction. Satisfaction. I thought. Satisfaction. Let's, sorry. Yeah, satisfaction. If you have a moment, I'll be glad to tell you exactly how Hollow Thrombe was murdered. Dun, dun, dun. The end. <laughs> the end. So I guess we solved the case? We solved the case, I guess. <laughs> Holy moly, you solved the case. Do we know who did it? <laughs> Man, we, we went deep on that. Usually I don't last that long. <laughs> Usually I'm dead in the first couple of pages. Yeah. So I'm exactly. happy that it turned out that way because at least we we survived. We walked out alive. That's oh, that's proof you did it right. And Eddie has a new TV show. Proof Rock and Schmidt. Uh, check your local listings. Well, hey, we went a little late. I know you got the next next mega coming, so I'll duck out so you guys can do that. Oh, that was such a good time. Eddie is such a character. He's a great guy. He does a podcast at Make You Turn Your Great Again, Daydream Instruction Manual, paranormal dads so i'll include a link in the show notes for his other shows as well and you can also go to covertner.net for links to this episode and other episodes so thank you for listening and until next time nerd it up